more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash Patreon. journey of conversations on the fringe and we're live hello everybody welcome to conversations on the fringe this is a show that we do on the red pill project every friday typically at uh, 9 30 p.m eastern time today we're an hour early i hope you're able to find the show all right today we're going to be talking about archaeoacoustics and frequency with Jim Bob Oval Shorts, uh, actually, I'm sorry, with Beetlepool, and our friend uh, Summer, our special guest Summer. Welcome, Summer, and Jim Bob, thank you for joining me again. Summer, first time uh, caller, long-time yep. watcher. I appreciate you being here, and I invited you to the show because I knew you were doing research. You're always kind of learning more and expanding your mind, just like myself and Jim Bob and Josh and the Red Pill family. And I'm like, what is, you know, I wasn't expecting to do a show tonight. So I was like, what can we talk about? Well, I was like, well, what's Summer uh, studying right now? Maybe she'll come on and have a conversation with us. So I hit you up and 
asked you what you're working on, what you're kind of dabbling with. And um, so what are you working on and why are you working on it? Like what got you into these things? Have you always been interested in this sort of stuff or? Yeah. So, and I appreciate being here and, and you asking me and everything. And um, this is kind of something that's been new to me, maybe over the past, I don't know, say two years. Okay. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just really have, found a really deep desire and interest to kind of understand the workings of the universe, I guess, and the hidden meanings behind everything. Like I've been looking into a lot of, you know, occult and esoteric sciences and mysteries and, uh, you know, the mysticism behind the Bible yeah, and uh, lots of, you know, sound and frequency and how they all correlate together and how they correlate with us and, and the universe and God and all of those types of things. So I love it. You know, I could really relate to that because I've always been a little bit interested in this, especially since maybe I was like a young teenager or teenager and until now. But similarly, over the last few years, especially after meeting Josh and um, getting acquainted with him, I've gotten a lot more into it. And it's exactly what you said. It's it's understanding nature itself end this world we live in and I kind of walk around and I'm just observing things I'm looking at nature I'm just going about life and I'm like kind of astonished or like in disbelief like this is the world we live in and it's so bizarre reality is just to me phenomenal it's 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 kind of undescribable and amazing and I'm just like really this is it am I yeah. in a dream like what the <laughs> heck is going on you know I don't know maybe I'm crazy but I walk around and I'm just like this is reality what a trip and yeah, I totally think, get it <laughs> i think there's something to esotericism and and history and nature that's lost in today's age very true absolutely uh, no no i'll agree there completely like there's the the world i apologize the the access to knowledge has not made the world any wiser interesting like, yeah we have so much information available yet we're so ignorant huh you know, yeah and i mean with the internet too it's it's all right there at our fingertips right, right. <laughs> pretty amazing yeah wow it, 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 it you know it's it's especially as somebody who you know remembers it being odd to have the internet in your house you know like i, I remember the time before the internet was even a popular thing and and now it's in my pocket all day long so it is it is pretty wild just to and, and you don't even realize that i think a lot of people don't realize how dependent you've come on it you know like you, who who doesn't use gps anymore who 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 remembers phone numbers anymore like who you know what i'm saying like yeah. if you have if you have to do pretty much anything you've got it right in your pocket right down to the calculator our teachers told us we wouldn't be carrying around <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> got you <laughs> jokes on you <laughs> you idiots yeah well i mean you know sorry i i, I use I use, <laughs> I use the humor here to you know to deflect any insecurities going on plus i'm hilarious so well no yeah. that's a good point man <laughs> you know <laughs> In my entire career, I relied on technology to get myself by. Like, I was okay with math and all this kind of stuff. But when it comes down to reality and trying to get a job done, you're going to grab a calculator. You're going to grab, go to a website that automatically does the calculations for you or use a software. Like, be real. No one's writing stuff out longhand. No, I mean, I, I, but a lot of things, I even talk to text. Like, I don't even 
personal <laughs> type half the time. How important I just... are those fundamentals, though? Right, right. Like, if we didn't have the technology, we'd be screwed because nobody knows how it works. True. Which is a problem. True, very true. Exactly. That's, that's a big thing, you know, that a lot of this technology, nobody has a clue. It's just given to you as this cool new toy you can have with it. I don't think people realize the power of the supercomputer in their pocket. Most people use it for social media and really that's about it. You know, watching videos, maybe playing games, but there's, you know, there's, there's tons of things like these things are super powerful. There's, there's things that I can do on my computer that I can also do on my phone. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, you're just like, Whoa, like that, that's pretty amazing. Such yeah. CPU power in such a small, device going from having like our first computer bro was like humongous and the screen was tiny and it was a room (laughs) right and and we and we and we we got to play with the the oregon trail or whatever and you know i'll i'll die of tetanus and such while we were out there playing it you know that's probably way before you there i don't even know like that i just that's kind of stuff i remember like that's before the internet was in my pocket i think we're all about the same age I, um, yeah, we, was, we 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 grew up, but see, we still grew up out in the sticks anyway. So okay, true. I was in the suburbs. Yeah, I, I was, I was on a farm, so we were behind. I'm a one. Yeah, I was kind of in the suburbs, but I did run around in the forest a lot behind my house. So <laughs> there's nice. that. Yeah, we played outside. <laughs> so uh, I want to jump into it. Archaeoacoustics. It's a combination of archaeology and acoustics. Um, it's a subfield of archaeology, and it's basically the study of archaeology and how sound goes through these locations. In my own words, that's kind of what it is, right? Yeah, or uh, how frequencies right. interact with specific structures. Mm-hmm. monuments or things like this. I think of cathedrals that were built that are really echoey. And there's a lot of examples that are studied and it's fascinating. And I really think there's something to it. And it goes off into so many directions. Um, in my short um, study of it, I went off into different, different areas and sure. Uh, I know that Summer's reading um, The Secret Teachings of All Ages, and that's a book by Manly P. Hall, and it was published in 1928, and it's extremely interesting. I was reading it today in preparation for this, and I've got a couple notes from it, and let's look at it. Well, I don't know. Could you tell us a little bit about that in your own words as I pull it up? Yeah, so, I mean, what he did with this book was he basically took all of the knowledge that he had been compiling for, I don't know, I want to say it was maybe like 20 or 30 years or so. Um, You know, all of the just occult workings that he's collected, all of the books he's read, all of the people that he's spoken to, and he just compiled all of the knowledge together into one book. Yes, and it's really (laughs) iconic in the realm (laughs) of Hermeticism, and whatnot. So he calls it an encyclopedic outline of Masonic, Hermetic, Kabbalistic, and um, Rosicrucian symbolical philosophy. Yes. And this is fascinating. And I'll provide a link 
after the show if you guys are interested in this copy of it, the PDF version on archive.org. Mm-hmm. You could also just Google it and find it, just as I did here. I need a real copy. But this is cool because we could share it with you all. And this is kind of where I started, Summer. I know you sent me some pictures, and I was like, ooh. I read it, and then I got the full book, and I was like, what's here? Well, I haven't read this, right? And yeah. this is like some of the source material for David Whitehead's content and Josh's knowledge and whatnot. This is this goes deep into a lot of things and brings you to a lot of little rabbit holes. Yeah. Have you read it, uh, Jim Bob? It's it's been Beetle some pool. time since I've actually heard anybody even bring this up, so I'm excited that we are uh, we're getting into some of this stuff. Like this is this is <clears throat> when you finish this book, you're gonna have some entirely different world views on a lot of things. <laughs> <It'll change. laughs> Absolutely. Like and and actually a lot of this stuff kind of what led to some other stuff that I've studied uh, yeah. about the like the the Frankists and who they were and such. Like that's it's it's quite interesting how all of this ties back together. Yeah. And yeah, and that's the cool thing about it too is like you start getting into stuff like this and it it there's so many different ways you could take it. I mean, there's so many different societies and cultures and religions, and it just branches off into everything. Yeah. Well, I, I, I bring up I bring up the Frankists because they were those infiltrating, uh, infiltrating mystics that were that were practicing things under what they call the law of inversion. Dude, and, and this goes into Josh's theory of they corrupted religion, they corrupted secret societies, and turned the world upside down. Yeah, yeah, like they, uh, they when <clears throat> when when you get to digging in this area that I'm digging into with it, it uh, it goes back to uh, I'm finding traces of things in Spain, Ottoman Empire, all the way up through Nazi Germany to today. So it's it's kind of interesting to see how these undercover guys infiltrated every aspect of different religions to even political positions right down to just being a busboy or something inside of a you know government facility they 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 have jobs everywhere and apparently end up being well respected people yeah even though they're even though they're up to some interesting things with super crazy occult rituals and stuff like that so right yeah, magic rituals, which when I think of magic, I don't think of like Satanists conjuring demons and things like this. I think of nature. And if you go back and look about a lot, a lot at, at this science, I'm sorry, go look at this um, magic literature, especially the older stuff. It's mm-hmm. talking about natural law. It's talking about nature. It's talking about science, really. And they called yeah. it magic at the time. So Absol- to me, it's oh, all absolutely. natural um, scientific reality. So it... it it's interesting and it, and it coincides right there with like you know the rothschilds doing away with all of the natural medicines in place for you know right petroleum based ones and such like that ain't that you're, man there's so much in this man this is I, I'm, I'm excited for you to read this and i'm glad you found a pdf because i think i'm gonna go read it again it's been so long like dude it's, i've only read bits and pieces and then i read a little more today so you're speaking of this is a good segue you mentioned the whole the, uh it's not even a it is a conspiracy it's a real conspiracy that of disease and sickness and there is a chapter in here called the hermetic theory concerning the causations of disease starting on page 338 which i'll go to here in a second but to give you guys an idea of what else is in here 
uh, here's the table of contents. And we have um, the ancient mysteries and secret societies which have influenced modern Masonic symbolism. I'm sorry, Masonic symbolism. Ancient mysteries and the secret societies part two and part three. Atlantis and the gods of antiquity. The life and writings of, Th of Thoth, Hermes, Trismegistus. The initiation of the pyramid. Isis, the virgin of the world, the sun, a universal deity, the zodiac and its signs, um, the Bembine table of Isis, or Bembine, I don't know how to pronounce these, please forgive me, wonders of antiquity, the life and ph philosophy of Pythagoras, Pythagorean mathematics, the human body in symbolism, the, Her the Heramic legend, the Pythagorean theory of music and color, fish, insects, animals, reptiles, and birds. It goes on and on and on and on. So definitely check it out. So we're going to jump over here to the hermetic, hermetic theory concerning the causations of disease on page 338, nice. which this fascinated me. We're all, we all have health on our mind in these days and age, in, at, in this day and age. Sure. Um, oops. Can I move this? Is it going to be weird? Uh, oh no, here we go. And let's put us over here. Um, so it goes through what... I'll just read. According to the Hermetic philosophers, there were seven primary causes of disease. First, evil spires. They were regarded as born uh, creatures born of degenerate actions. Uh, second was derangement in, of the spiritual nature and the material nature. Um, the third was an unhealthy or abnormal mental attitude, which this will all get tied into this frequency thing in a second. Mm -hmm. Um, so it says here that, uh, melancholia, morbid emotions, excess of feelings, such as passion, lusts, greeds, and hates affected the mummia from which they reacted into the physical body where they resulted in ulcers, tumors, cancers, fevers, and tuberculosis. Um, mummia is germs. Uh, the fourth cause of disease was what the Orientals called karma. That is the law of compensation, which demanded that the individual pay in full for the indiscretions and delinquencies of the past. The fifth cause was the motion and aspects of the heavenly bodies, the stars, uh, space objects. Um, the, her the hermetists taught that a strong and wise man ruled his stars, but that a negative weak person was ruled by them. Um, so these five causes of disease are all super physical in nature, it says. The sixth was the misuse of faculty, organ, or function, such as overstraining a member or overtaxing the nerves. And the seventh was the presence in the system of foreign substances, impurities, or obstructions, which I guess would be like food and toxins and things. But going back to your mental attitude and stuff, this made me think, and I connected it to this um, theory about frequency and how frequency affects us and that we omit frequencies and that different emotions have different frequencies assigned to them and that physiologically, I guess, this affects your health. And then also you have the placebo effect that's proven to be real. You know what I mean? So I really think that this I is... Mean, that's, uh, <clears throat> I think that's a big reason that I like to not doom and gloom all the time. Okay. Like I, Because I understand that doom and gloom 
is putting out a low frequency. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with bringing awareness to something, but there's a big difference in pointing at the big black cloud and screaming at it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so that's why I try to have fun with a lot of different things and also just kind of live my life so that I can put as much of a positive vibe as I can out there to keep them positive frequencies flowing through the air. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Dispenza, uh, Joe Dispenza actually talks a great deal about this. That's primarily what his work is about is taming those lower aspects and those lower emotions, those things that are keeping you in a constant state of fear and stress and anger and getting above that because, yeah, they they do affect you mentally, physically, emotionally. They cause your brain waves to change. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah. Have you seen this chart? It takes emotions and relates them to frequency. And this is kind of oh. like the baseline chart mm-hmm. I've seen when people start talking about this. And I don't know if it's actually been scientifically proven or not. So, you know, let me know in the comments what you know about this, if it has, if it hasn't, if you're skeptical, if you're not. But this is kind of what a lot of people say when it comes to vibrational scale of consciousness. And we have a body here. So high frequency is positive, low frequency is negative. So on the bottom here, the lowest frequency thing, which surprised me, it's not, it's not anger, it's not desire, it's not fear, which are near the bottom as well. It's shame. Shame is the lowest vibration you could experience. Yeah. Why do you think, why do you think, uh, certain clowns that are trying to run clown world right now are trying to shame people into doing things? interesting mm-hmm. dude wow good connection it's a really good way to manipulate somebody shame no them. kidding yeah, it really is like that's that's because you know the shame brings on the guilt and and stuff like that too so folks get folks get in that in that low like where this is set up from that fear down to shame like if you start out shaming somebody you'll get all of those ones in that line right there yeah that that quick very so, true Going up the list, though, from the bottom, shame on the very bottom, uh, we have guilt, apathy, grief, fear. These are the worst. From there, we have desire, anger, pride, courage, neutrality. And right there in the middle is courage. How interesting is that? And I thought that was fascinating. And it kind of comes to this thing of, like, let things be. Don't be so boisterous and pushy. I don't know, but courage is right there in the middle. Going up, we have neutrality, willingness, acceptance, reason, love, joy, peace. And then at the very top, enlightenment. Which I thought this thing was cool. I wanted to share it. No, 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 no. You know, and that's... I love that. Something we were talking about before we had started kind of goes hand in hand with this with the color spectrum, too. Like that... Yeah, will you get closer to your mic? That to me makes a lot of sense. The color spectrum thing that they got going along with it too. That that kind of goes in favor of the things we were talking about oh, before yeah. we started. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about synesthesia, man. Right? Tell us about that. You 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 see. You see the colors that go along with like sounds, as well as for me, like I can see the colors around, like I can see the energy around people. 
auras. Like, yeah, like the aura, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like the auras, yeah. I mean, however you want to define it or whatever. I've I've heard it called a million different things, but I know yeah. that like I can. I've always been able to see it, and the closer to the bluish, purplish kind of color like that, that like on that graph over there, are are high, high vibe, high positive, you know, kind of people and stuff. And the ones that are down there in that mm-hmm. red area, in that color of energy around them or whatever. And the same goes for music and honest, honestly, anything that's living. You know, like plants even put off vibes and stuff. It's really weird. If yeah, the best way I can explain it, I've tried to explain it to people, is that. If you've ever had some awesome mushrooms, you might see something similar. But it's been like that since I was a kid, so I just always thought it was normal for the longest time. That's fascinating, dude. And I'll really blow your guys' mind right now. Most of the frequencies and sounds and smells and tastes that exist in the universe, we can't even get to, like a percentage of the total with our own Correct. senses. Correct. So like the visible light spectrum that we could see is tiny. We're surrounded by other frequencies and light spectrums and all types of different vibrations and sounds that are just completely undetectable by us. Entities. What else is there in the universe that we're just completely ignorant and oblivious to in our little meat sacks? It's like, so- it's so crazy to think about. And it's the same like with your brain too. Like with your brain, you only use, I think, like 10 to 15% capacity of your own brain. I've heard this. At one, at one given point. So, yeah, this is pretty crazy. Yeah, that trips me out. I was like reading this thing today and I was like, fuck, I'm just trying to learn the truth, not get more like alienated in this world. But man, right. no, yeah. <laughs> it's well, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's, you know, that's a, that's a great question. You know, how much... But I've yet even myself to answer how much consciousness is too much consciousness. Mm. You know, having having no consciousness, having no voice in your head is the sign of like a Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> but having having too much consciousness, having too much voice in your head is the sign of a schizophrenic. Voices and heads. I mm. think we all have inner dialogues here. Well, I mean, there's all kinds of voices going off on on here. You guys have seen all the costumes coming out of it. <laughs> you, you definitely have an inner dialogue, inner dialogue. I know I do. Oh man. Some I, people listen, don't. And I loved your theory from earlier that this explains. NPCs. 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 This, ex- this explains just created things like beings that were created by this matrix that we're in this this meets this meat sack prison that we're in <laughs> and like it's it's i don't know it's it gets super interesting with all this you know when you were talking about with the frequencies and like seeing other things me, me luis brought this my, my partner luis over there on our show he brought up this great thing the other night that actually made me think about this a lot is what if when the frequency breaks and you see what somebody would consider a ghost what if they see you the same way on the other side? Like it's because you uh, broke oh, because you broke through that frequency at the same time that they broke through a frequency, and we're both like, "Oh crap! I just yeah. seen something." You know what I'm saying? Like maybe, yeah, like two huh. two realities colliding. I mean, I'm I'm with with your like spectrum thing like that. I I truly believe there are things and entities and other beings and Lord knows what that we can't perceive or hear. 
Like, I actually have a graph somewhere that shows what we can physically see on a light spectrum, mm -hmm. and it's sad. It's a, like it's re it's really sad. It's a tiny <laughs> portion, and even other animals like cats can see a different portion of the light spectrum. Birds and all these kinds of things. So it's really trippy. I truly believe the animal thing. Like as, as an animal owner and lover, the animals can definitely see things that I can't see. Cats especially. They have heightened senses. They have different yeah, senses. Yeah. They do. So when it comes to um, this kind of realm of things that we're in, the fringe, the esoteric, the natural, making connections to things like the Bible and things like this is something that a lot of people do, and there's a lot of connections to be made. Um, and I know that's been part of your research as well, uh, Summer, uh, mm -hmm. just like Josh often talks about and he is just a damn genius when it comes to it i love listening to him and um it really helps me grow because you guys i have to admit i'm a layman when it comes to this stuff i try my best to understand it and get into it and i'm by no means a dummy but definitely not an expert so bear with me but i found something i wanted to share with you summer and i thought it was really cool and i'll send you um I'll send you all these links when we're done. We probably won't even get through all of them, but I'll also put them on the app for you guys to go through and do your own research and start the conversation because I want to know what the heck you guys are doing and what you think about the show and all this stuff. And by the way, after the show, we will be on the social red pill app. Um, what do they call it? The zoom room. Um, I'll post it again. It's live all the time. You can find it in the events tab if you join socialredpill.com. but we'll be joining uh, uh, after the show about, um, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, and we'll be up late. And we can discuss these things as well as anything else you guys want. But I found something in my research I thought it would be perfect to share. And this is just an example of how it ties in. And I'm not trying to invalidate the Bible or Christianity or Judaism or Catholicism or anything like that. I think that everything has its place and is a piece of the puzzle that we live in. So... With all due respect, let's get into what I found. It's something small. It's on Truth Social, by the way. Pretty cool. <laughs> oh, nice. So this person, Truth Warrior 67 said, pineal gland, if your eye is sound frequency. Okay. So they found this quote, and it's Matthew 622. It is, the lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is sound, your whole body will be filled with light. If your eye is sound, your whole body will be filled with light. And when it, when it, when it says if, if your eye is sound, I don't think it means like literally if your eye is vibrational sound. I think it means if your eye is well or if your eye is good, your whole body will be filled with light. That's how I interpret it. But I don't know. Maybe it is literal. But what do you think about that? Yeah, it's actually I've already got that <laughs> that verse written down here, but nice. I, that's what that's that's what I think is I, I personally feel like it's referring to the pineal gland to your third eye, um, mm. and also in and also too because I'm finding oh, that the Bible shoot. talks seems to be talking a lot about meditation because in, if you go to Matthew six twenty five it says therefore I say unto you take no thought for your life for what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink nor yet for your body what ye shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. So it, just right there in the beginning, therefore I say unto you, take no thought. What do you do when you go into meditation? You, have you release thoughts. everything. Yeah. You release your thoughts. You release your senses. Interesting. Yeah. 
So meditation explained there. And then, so then what you're saying is maybe this quote I just read here, um, you believe it may be about the pineal gland. The lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is sound, your whole body will be filled with light. So then maybe my interpretation of your eye being sound is wrong and that it is literal and that if the frequencies inside your pineal gland are proper where they should be, then you will, will be filled with light. Well, and, and let me give you this version, too, because I don't know what, and because, you know, with the Bible, there's many different versions, right? We've got the NIV and, and all these other things, yes. but, um, and which I think is what that one is. But for the King James Version, it says it a little bit of a different way. It says, wow. the, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Wow. Wait, single read it again. Eye. Please. It's the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Hmm. Jim Bob, thoughts? <laughs> I mean, no, I'll, I'll, I'll put it right up there with, you know, with that as far as it like referring to the, the third eye or penal gland or, you know, however yeah. you want to, you know, but I've, I believe that, believe that you have to you have to properly work your way up to that because people can dangerously open that before they're ready and cause themselves a spell a world of spells agreed wow you i never know, heard like of that that's that i okay i mean this is this is this, this, the, when it comes to when it comes to like wanting to do that you know i know there's other ways that are natural and such that can help you get to that and people sometimes step into that before they should hmm. you know like there i really think you should take the time to study a lot of this stuff you know you got to be in a more high high you you yourself need to be in a higher frequency before you decide to view things through that hmm. through that world like that that that's a definite because i think that if you attempt to do it in a low frequency you're going to see doom and terror and Lord knows what and probably wind up in a nut house. Interesting theory. Huh. Just a thought. Yeah, and, and the basis behind that and why that happens to some people um, and why some people can really feel like they're losing their minds yeah. is because when that happens, you're opening up all of those energy centers that you have within you mm. and each one represents a different thing. Right. Each one is a different level of yourself, a different aspect in the physical world, like sexual energy, for example, mm -hmm. that you have to overcome. And if you have all of these things hitting you all at once and then you're at the same time opened up to, you know, this unseen world. Um, yeah, it can cause a lot of chaos and a lot of confusion. For sure. Very interesting. And, and and then you know I have this I, I roll around on this other theory with that stuff too you know and it's I guess it's not that it's not always that worst case scenario too like you know there have been people that I've known personally even that have uh, that have opened it early and at a low frequency and stuff and it leads into what a lot of people in that world would call a bad trip and I just say well it's because you have things to, you have things to face that you haven't faced yet yeah it's almost and goes bringing with it, bad karma. The, yeah, and it's bringing it to the it's bringing it to the forefront because those are things that you need to face. 
you know like there's there and, and and as you said it's from different energy levels and stuff so like there's so many different things that you need to face you know in those different i don't know there's 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 steps to it and you you just need to be careful and in, in, in your enlightenment journey i would as i would call it like it's wow. it's even even you know if you're going into the biblical route of it even jesus went through all that you know I've, I've been i've been on an interesting book that's been telling me about his trips through india china and egypt and stuff so it's it's oh it's, it's some good stuff because you know they, they they learn all this stuff in the old mystic what they what they called uh what they call them mystic schools or whatever mystery schools mystery, mystery schools, schools. Mm-hmm. yeah wow. so and they were they, they were prominent back in these days yeah Wow, you talk about Jesus making that journey. I start thinking of um, who's that guy in Mount Shasta. Which one? Oh. We know some. We do, I know some Mount Shasta guys now. <laughs> the legend, the legendary dude who's like a vampire. Oh yeah, maybe uh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, you. Uh, I can't think of his name. <laughs> Saint. Uh, what is it? Saint. Oh, Saint Germain. Saint Germain. There you go. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> I gotta. I look. Oh. Hey, I. I I got a buddy that is in the realm of he thinks he might know who the current Saint Germain is. No way, man. That's trivia. Yeah. Doesn't yeah, he have so. artifacts too? No, this is a completely different buddy than Lowell. Oh I'm talking. I've 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 been <laughs> I've been speaking with a with a guy who studied a lot of uh, like Mason stuff and a lot of mysticism and oh, a man. lot of mystery school type stuff, and like he's he's actually me and him have been discussing together on this frankest thing that i've been studying into cool. and he and i don't know the the world of mysticism is a fun place to get into because it's full of hidden history gems that they're never going to tell you unless you go start digging yourself and find it you're gonna be I like know. you're gonna be like wait that guy was there when was that guy there or that even that lady because there's some ah history gets wild when you really start finding the pieces scattered everywhere yeah and i seriously feel like you could probably spend a lifetime studying this stuff right mm -hmm. i mean it's yeah it's a lot it. yeah but it is fun no i agree doubt. a lifetime of exp personal experiments and learning that's Ooh. what it'll be um so getting into this stuff i came across this old video that i love and it gets into somatics um which is an experiment um having to do with harmonics and sacred geometry and i know summer i I know that you use singing singing bowls, right? Yeah. And those are actually a type of bell. If you think about yep. it. Yeah, you can chime it like a bell. Yeah. And it's supposed to be sort of this tool utilized by monks, Buddhists back in the day, I believe, Tibetans. And it would be a thing of um, meditate, meditation and this kind of thing am i right in this kind of idea yeah and so the tibetans typically use ones that are made out of metal yeah. um kind of like tuning forks tuning forks are also made out of metal the ones i have in particular are made out of crystal hmm. but um yeah just like i mean just like the gongs i guess they would make it out of the same material right and i guess the idea being they emit some kind of frequencies and those frequencies surround you and go through you and mm -hmm. And I, I wonder, you know, what does that actually do to your body? They say that different frequencies do different things and that you even create your own frequencies. The earth has its own frequency, right? Just between seven and eight hertz. 
Yeah, the Schumann. And so each each singing bowl is supposed to correlate with a different center in the body, hmm. which also correlates to the solfeggio frequency. Very so, interesting. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And they do. I mean, you really feel it. I mean, if you sit down in front of one and you start playing it. Yeah, and I've even seen... It feels incredible. And I remember I brought this up to you. I'm like, have you put water in it yet? Yes. <laughs> Did you end up doing that? I did, and I need to. I need to figure out a way to actually record it because yeah. it's it's hard to get it because your hands constantly in the way, like mm. filming it from up here. But yes, it's it's incredible. It's it's hard to see the pattern a mm. little bit too, and I think I need to find a way to like, I don't know, maybe project the light into it in a certain way so you could see it better. But and the droplets separate from the water and bounce around. <laughs> it's so cool and there's yeah. theory maybe that does something to the water because we know water and structure and these types of things right but so i want to know though because I, I want a singing bowl and i want to know i want to make sure my singing bowl is tuned to the right frequency or a frequency and not just some bogus random bowl right so i'll have to get back with you on that um, definitely <laughs> but so I started thinking about that and I was like, wow, there must be something to that. And then I remember Jim Bob, we did a show all about bells. Yeah. The Nazis took all the bells in the thirties and forties and melted them down. And they said that they needed it for the war or whatever, but literally tens of thousands of bells destroyed. And damn Nazis. Yeah. It's damn Nazis. What is it? So I think maybe there is something about these frequencies and that there's a bigger conspiracy there for sure. That's a true story. So trippy. Um, and then I just wanted to look like what does bell even represent when it comes to like the esoteric nature of things and so I pulled this up mastermind content um, and it says the esoteric or hidden meaning of bells essentially relates to awakening consciousness. We use bells in the real world to issue a warning, a reminder, a wake up call, or in the case of the old town crier to grab your attention before making an announcement. Um, and of course universally accepted to symbolically communicate with spirits and things of this nature. Anyway, just one definition or one interpretation of bells, which I found very interesting. cool. Um, I couldn't find any actual studies like people feeling emotions and then you getting the frequency from them and this kind of thing. But I do think this stuff's real. Um, it's so hard to find this stuff when it, when it comes down to the real science of it, it's just so hard. You're not going to find it in a few Google searches. This is like, I don't know why hard stuff. But I don't think people are exactly getting grants to do this kind of research. Let's face it. Yeah, probably not. And I don't know exactly what kind of machine you would use. I don't even know if like an EEG would be something, you know, acceptable for that. But I would think that the person would have to be in that specific emotional state. And then somehow they would have to find a way to measure the frequency that they're emitting. Right. I mean, yeah, something. I don't know. I did find one study here measuring the frequency of emotions, validation of the scale of positive and negative experiment experience in Germany. Uh, they call it Spain, S-P-A-N-E, which is the scale of positive and negative experience. And they didn't do what we're talking about here, which is measure the frequency of each emotion. But what they did was they gave people an assignment. 
and they told a group of people to do a bunch of positive reinforcing acts um, in their daily routine for uh, one group. So one group had to do things like that filled them with joy and these kinds of feelings like doing positive things for other people. And they would document it and write it down and they would be one group. And then at the end of the experiment, they would measure their feelings of happiness and the intensity of them, not a specific frequency. And then the control group, they didn't have them do any of this stuff and they were less happy. So there is something to be said for doing positive things and then having a lot, a long lasting effect, basically raising your vibration, doing things to intentionally raise your, raise your vibration, keeps your vibration high and actually impacts you long term in comparison to somebody who doesn't. Wow. Yeah. So that's like all this, all this stuff that's like self-help and higher your vibration or heighten your vibrations and be good energy or whatever. I don't know how to say it. What do I say? Um, positive energy, positive push, there you all go. this kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, it, positive I, push. I like that. Positive push. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like people laugh at it, right? Some people laugh at it, but I really think there's a lot to it. Um, star in the jar video. Josh is over here in the uh, rumble chat. <laughs> All right. I'll try to find that one, Josh. Um, so there's something to it. Definitely positive energy is good. So I found that interesting. That was one study I found. And you guys, again, if you find any literature or studies or even something that maybe isn't that <laughs> and it's kind of related, share it with us. Come to the social red pill, socialredpill.com or Twitter, or wherever you could find us, redpills.tv. Share it. We'd love to hear it. Or in the comments right now. Um, anyway, let's see what else I have here real quick. Um, I have all of the examples in archaeology. But before we do that, let's try to find the star in the jar <laughs> video. Is this it? The sonoluminescence? I think so. I sent you the real star in a jar. What do you mean? Is this not real? No, I mean, I don't. This might be something too. Like, this is I'm, it. Uh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I sent you the same thing. What was this again? In the beginning, there was a word, and the word was God with God and the word was God, huh? So, oh, using sound, they created an um, air bubble in the middle of a jar. Is that what's happening? Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Oh, what? Oh, they're explaining animation now. But There it smokes. is. Yeah, it's bizarre, man. Nature is just insane. So cool. And then it emits light, too. I guess that's why they call it a star. Holy crap. Yeah. That's yeah, I'd send you another video, too. It's like the guy Thank kind you. of trying to explain it and stuff, if you want. You, you don't right, have to pull it up here, it? but you can share it. It's, it's a little long, so you could probably share it like with the episode so people could... I'll, I'll, I'll throw it on social media. Uh, yeah, just share it on there. I don't want to play the audio or try to find yeah, yeah, yeah. a good part, but... I wish I had a better explanation for you all. We're going to have to ask Josh when he returns. He'll definitely explain it. Maybe he'll jump on later tonight, Josh. Josh, jump on later. Say hi. Um, 
It's a good listen sometimes. Okay. So, um, real quick though, back to somatics. I forgot to show you guys this discovery, and I don't know if you were aware of this summer. I'm really excited. And Jim Bob, I may have, I may have said it on the show before. It may have been a while. So let me try to find this link. Somatic experiments. Yeah, yeah. Somatic experiments on harmonics, atomic alignment, and sacred geometry. This is so interesting because uh, Josh said that those are water molecules collapsing at a high rate, creating a temperature of plasma hotter than the surface of the sun, all because of sound going through that glass of water. Wow. Bowl of water or whatever. It's fascinating. We're all stars in jars. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, but but that's like, that's the really cool thing about chymatics or chymatics, however you say it, right? Is because that gives us the opportunity to actually see the effect that frequency has like on physical matter. Yeah, Like we can actually see that with our eyes, like the effect that it has. And take that and know that what's happening there in the water or in the sand or whatever medium they're using that's going on likely within us as well. Absolutely. Great point. I'm not going to play the sound on this. So let's just watch They're there's sand on a table and they're playing uh, frequencies or sound onto the plate. And the sand reacts geometrically to the various tones. Um, so I'll just let this play as we discuss it. And so each frequency and as they go through frequencies, you'll see the sand shift around. Each frequency has a different shape. See that? So fascinating. And you could do this experiment at home with a board that vibrates and some sand or salt or something light that could dance around on the surface. Um, like a piece of sheet metal, a speaker, and sand. That's all you need. And uh, permission to make a huge mess. So... Uh, <laughs> This is fascinating, and exactly what you said, Summer, this happens to your body as well. Everything. Well, the, and this this also goes right along with Mishimoto's water frequency tests when he was doing it with the doing the same yes. thing with water and freezing it. Yeah. Absolutely. Be, and then I know Ye is famous. Ye, our good Red Pill family member, Ye, famous for saying good, loving things to her beverages prior to drinking them for that exact reason i think that 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 shit's real and uh, i think the singing bowl on the water does the same thing it maybe does something to the structure of the molecules but there's something really fascinating about this this gets more fascinating i mean Um, i'll make i i I can make it kind of a cool point there too you know we just said that we just said that it affects water and it affects sand everything okay well water and sand we're we're pretty much water and sand Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. We are. So this goes on. They do different frequencies. This is he's using a tool to uh, scrape the table, and it creates these geometrical patterns with different colored sand. Really cool. But this fascinates me. It goes back to meditating and the sounds associated with that. And we were talked about the singing bowls and this kind of thing. This is... Um, I'll play the sound. The ohm. Like when monks meditate and go, oh, they play that sound into the sand and it creates an ellipse. And it's the only sound that creates an ellipse, which is like an oval shape. Oh, wow. 
And I think that's why this is that sacred sound. Pretty awesome, if you ask me. To me, that That's is incredible. unbelievable. I am just dumbfounded. There are no coincidences, okay? I think we all agree on that. And the Absolutely. fact that the ohm is the sound that creates an ellipse where everything else creates these complex geometrical patterns. How the heck did the monks know this? They must have known this. This is like a singularity sound. I don't know if anybody's ever said that. The singularity sound is the ohm. My, that's what I call it. Correct. <laughs> no, no, you're yeah, right. On, I, mean, I think you're right on track. With, with all of these ancient societies and everything, it really makes you wonder seriously, how did they know this? How did they have the knowledge of these frequencies, these geometrical patterns? How did they set up all of these? you know, statues and monoliths and yes. buildings like, like with the archaea acoustics, Wait, these caves, these mono, oh. uh, what are they called? Monolithic yeah. structures above ground too. Yes. I mean, let's get into it. We only have about 10 minutes left. We're going to do a short show tonight, but yeah, Summer, let's look at those things. These ancient sites, even so I started here with ancient places, um, this being, um, what is this specifically? It's like a stage, right? Uh, ancient ruins, uh, they're not going to tell us exactly what this picture is. It's like, uh, -oh. what do you call these things? Like a Coliseum? Oh, uh, yeah. In a way? It's a, yeah. It's like a Roman stage with the A stadium? Stairs. A stadium. Yeah. And the cool thing about this design, which is mimicked all over, especially like Greece and stuff, is that sounds that are lower frequency, like um, people in the audience just murmuring to each other and this kind of thing, are kind of canceled out by each other. Where things above 500 hertz, which ideally would probably be the people on the stage that are projecting and acting and whatnot, would be projected through the structure just being phenomenally great for entertaining outdoors without speakers and technology which is just fascinating it's like did they just accidentally build this and it happened to be perfect for percussion and performing it's magical doubtful yeah <laughs> and then there's stonehenge which uh, the scientists recreated Stonehenge to what they believe it was when it was complete and not in ruin. And they found that the echo happens and you can't tell where voices come from. They come from every direction at once while they're inside the structure. So that's really trippy. I don't know why. It's really weird. Um, let's move on. I, I don't think... 
the one that you mentioned, I wish I had a link for, and I was looking at my notes, I was like, maybe I do have that, but I guess not. Um, ancient Maya temples are the same way. Right? Um, this article says, ancient Maya temples were giant loudspeakers? Centuries before the first speakers and subwoofers, ancient Americans intentionally or not may have been turning buildings into giant sound amplifiers and distorters to enthrall or disorient audiences. So, so they find that when you go here, um, sound does strange things. <clears throat> and they're all kind of similar. I don't want to read this whole article. But let's move on because I have more examples here. Um, and these are worldwide. Let me see here. Uh, yeah, that's a theater. <laughs> it's called a theater, by the way. Sorry for that brain fart. Where low frequencies absorbed and the higher frequencies are amplified. It's just magical. Um, there's yeah, and a, too, like the uh, the Kai Kai Fauser, I believe is how you pronounce that. The Kai Fauser monument has a feature to where it has piezoelectric organic compounds okay and essentially like when you go there when you go to this monument you can actually feel the energy while you're there and people say that when they go there and they sit down and they meditate that they actually have like a mystical experience and so i wonder if all of these other structures like this have the same kind of properties to it i think so i think so um and i think i have an example that is similar to that or that supports that theory. Okay. But I'll have to search. But first, this is an example that's probably one of the more famous ones. It's the Chichen Itza chirp, which is the sound that's, they call it a chirp. And when you clap at the base of an ancient pyramid or a couple pyramids in South America, it echoes the call of their, one of their sacred birds, which the sacred bird is like the uh, Mayan a, a bird considered sacred by the Mayans. Um, and here's a video of this guy giving an example. This, this is a simple echo, actually. It's very simple to explain. When you clap in front of a pyramid, I mean, of a, of a slope, the sound will go to, to the top. In this case, a pyramid. You know? And if it's there a, a cavity or a temple, like in this case, the echo come, will come back to you. If you clap in front of an Egyptian pyramid, nothing happens because the sound goes away. But here, the sound comes back. Why it sounds like a bird? Don't ask me that. So, scientists don't actually know why this sounds like a bird. Have you seen this, Jim Bob? I have. They say that the same effect happens at the southern border between the U.S. and Mexico. Yeah, I've seen some videos where they've showed a couple people doing it up against that ridiculous. I don't know. I couldn't find anything, so that's why I'm not showing anything. Uh, but it's alleged. I might actually have one. Um, so I don't have the link, but like Summer was saying, um, I don't have the link that I know of, but I was reading and looking at the site where it's um, partially underground, and they even found instruments there. And when they play these instruments um, or use their voices, 
they have a design of these different, basically like caves, caverns, and um, areas or uh, shafts that go to the surface in different areas around above this temple. And when they play a certain instrument that's a certain frequency, because of the length of the tunnels that go out from the main chambers and stuff, certain frequencies are projected louder when they exit the chambers. So effectively the whole region becomes this ceremonial festival of like music and vibration. And I think it's part of their ceremony where they would just engulf an entire area in these sounds and everybody around would be a participant in this sacred ceremony. And it's like the whole design of it is that is just for that. And it's perfect. How did they get the science behind it is it has to do with the wavelengths of the sounds being produced by these instruments. So first they know what the sound's going to be. They somehow figure out the perfect length to make these shafts in order to produce this effect on the sound where the sound basically it's kind of too complex for this layman here, but it matches the wavelength of the sound in such a fashion that the sound amplifies itself as it exits the shape of the tunnel. It's just like technology that we don't typically mess with today. Have you ever heard of such See, a thing? No, I mean, like, there's there's all kinds of things like that. You know, I, I'm I'm one of the first people that'll tell you that they moved. I think they've moved things and created things at points in time by using frequencies like that i'll always go right back to coral castle like i bring if you if you ever check into my show we talk about coral castle quite a bit because it was just kind of built overnight and nobody really seen him build it and you know that makes me think you know that it correlates with a lot of things with like pyramids and other things like that that you're like well how did they move it well of course frequencies bro they knew how to play the frequency to lift that giant boulder and oh, put yeah. it where they wanted possibly it could very well have to do with that. I think so. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, how else did we explain something like that at this point? I mean, it's either lifted by frequency or some aliens came down and brought it up for him, which who knows? Okay, I found I found that what I was talking about. It's called Chavin de Hontar. It's a temple in the Andes Mountains. Um, they've done acoustic projects there. I wish I could find the website I was at. But the, the tunnels are waveguides, and it, the sound comes out louder when they use their special instrument that's made of a shell called the patutu. So, fascinating. Um... There's another one where it's just human voices echo for long periods of time. It's called the Oracle Chamber um, in Malta. Yeah, that's the one I was looking at earlier. It's in the Hal, I don't know how you pronounce this, Hal Safliani Hypogeum Temple. (laughs) Yeah. And certain frequencies create a standing wave spacing between because I don't know, they call it a standing wave. It's something to do with how the frequencies interact with each other. And it's because of the spacing of the surfaces within the temple. They're just right. And they sustain this echo 
for sounds that are 70 hertz and 114 hertz. Um, similar to other sites. Mm-hmm. And male voice could reach these levels, so they think that maybe they did some like chanting or things like this inside of there. Uh, hmm. but, Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, just to support the fact that frequencies do affect the human body, there was a study in 2008, and I'm not going to say I'm putting all of my money on this one study because a lot of the studies haven't been replicated and this kind of thing. But um, this there was a study where... Um, I'll just hide them. Um, in a 2008 study in, uh, by researchers at USLA, UCLA measured brain activity in 30 adults. And they did this while the people, the participants listened to various frequencies found in ancient uh, caves or cave-like structures. And at around 110 hertz, the researchers found that regions of the people's brain responsible for language went away, like became less active. And then uh, the part of the brain responsible for emotional processing lit up and became more active. So I guess this is kind of a meditative state in a way where I guess it's not a huge discovery. Like obviously this seems kind of obvious now that I'm talking about it, but I think it's important nonetheless. Absolutely, man. These are all definitely important things because they they tie back together and they give us little bits and pieces of things that we miss from other stuff. Yeah. Well, let's uh, start wrapping things up here. Light time. Thank you so much for donating a diamond on DLive. We appreciate that. Your support means the world to us. Um, Also, we have a new follower, Arcady Cad. Thank you so much for following us, Arcady Cad. We appreciate that. I hope you enjoyed the show. yeah, thank you so much. Thank you all for joining us from across the internet. Uh, apparently, uh, Josh said that Velen has a video of, uh, and that's Velen from the Patriot Party podcast. Her and Mick actually went to the border to do their own experiments, so she has video of this happening. I'll have to contact her, and if I could get um, the live stream where she played it or something like that, I could share share that with you guys. Um, just totally fascinating. And uh, thank you real quick to Runderit, who's celebrating a three-month subscription streak on DLive. Thank you so much. Whoa. Three months. Thank you. Thank you. And all of you, much love. Thank you so much. Remember to keep your vibrations high and uh, stay positive. Be good people, especially in these tumultuous times in the world where who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, but we got to lead the way on what we want to see. And I do want to say thank you to Summer, who had to step away, but that's okay, Summer. We love you to death. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate that. Um, So interesting. And now I'm not going to be able to stop. I'm going to have to get a physical copy of uh, The Secret Teachings of All Ages and so much more. You know, I've been focusing on this list of movies to catch up on, but really I should be catching up on a list of books. I think I need to start that book list and dwindling it down just as fast as the movies. You need to you need to you need to find as many of those books that you want to read that are uh audio. Okay, true. That's a good way to do it, huh? Yeah, and you can just listen to them when you're out and about during your day and such. Heck yeah. Well, so thank you so much Summer. We appreciate you and thank you Jim Bob. Hey, if you want to join us later Jim Bob, we'll be on uh the Zoom in about an hour. All right. 
people will probably be jumping on it right now, but I'll be on it in about an hour. Maybe we could bug Josh and get him on there and have him drop everything he's doing. Maybe. <laughs> he's a busy guy. Come on, Maybe Josh. <laughs> yeah, I think he did say he might try to jump on later tonight, so that'd be cool. Nice. And he could really go deeper into all this stuff and so much more. Uh, just a wealth of knowledge, that guy. So I uh, hope to see you guys there. You could join that by going to socialredpill.com and make an account, join our social network for free, or you could get a subscription to support us. Social I share, uh, on the Social Red Pill, I shared a YouTube video that goes into an in-depth explanation about that star in a jar. Oh, thank you so much. That reminds yeah. me. I need to post. I'll post the PDF to the secret teachings of all ages there right now as we close nice, up. Nice. Um, for anybody and we have a book club there people share books all the time there uh recommendations or just what they're reading this kind of thing so um join us man join us i'll just post this in the general feed for now um but yeah thank you all so much tomorrow we have uh makes you think with the jim bob and i and that'll be a good time i can't wait jim bob so you guys tune in at 5 30 p.m pacific tomorrow sunday we have the patriot party uh podcasts um weekend show which is true spiracy with mick and Beelin. so watch that on sunday if you're looking for something to do and on monday through thursday we'll be back with the daily dose of morning coffee until the next friday where we jump into the weekend again with this fun stuff so thank you guys for tagging along on this journey through this crazy world we appreciate it and we look forward to seeing you next time take care and godspeed